0: You're listening to Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Here, we'll chat about all things marriage, motherhood, and modern home economics, in all honesty. I'm your host, Marissa Young. Before we dive into today's episode, summer is ramping up, and I'm sure that many of you are starting to think about how you can keep your family safe in the sun, but sunscreens can often be chock full of icky ingredients. According to the studies by the Center for Drug Evaluation, which is an arm of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, after just a single application, a total of seven chemicals commonly found in conventional sunscreens can be absorbed into the bloodstream at levels that exceed safety thresholds. I'll link to the article over in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself. But whether you're a longtime listener of the podcast or you're new to the show, It's not very hard to tell that I truly value honesty. I mean, it's basically the cornerstone of my brand. So when I am in the market to purchase something, I am wholeheartedly seeking out other brands that are showing how they value transparency just as much as I do, which brings me to Beauty Counter. Beauty Counter is the leader in safer personal care products, and they never formulate with some 1,800 plus questionable or potentially harmful ingredients, which is why if you're looking for safer sun care, check out the Counter Sun collection from sun lotions to sun sticks and even tinted sunscreen mists. Beauty Counter's mineral sunscreens are made with non-nano zinc oxide, a safer alternative to conventional chemical-based sunscreens. Because in all honesty, we shouldn't have to put our health at risk every time we slather our skin, our largest organ, with a personal care product. So shop BeautyCounter's safer sun care for you and your family by shopping at youngbeautycounter.com or just click the link in my show notes. And now, back to the show. All right. Hi, Liz, and thank you so much for being a guest on Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Okay, so let's start with this. Who is Liz?
1: Who is Liz? Um, So let's see. I am mother to two young kids and two semi-young businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Left, left my job in advertising about 11 years ago to co-found um, DiaperKind, which is a cloth diaper service in New York City, um, mm-hmm. and had two kids in that time, and recently with those same co-founders launched Assembly, which is a new sustainable diapering brand.
0: Okay. So there's a lot to dig into there. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. So did you start DiaperKind before you had kids yourself? So I was pregnant with my daughter when
1: I met one of my co-founders, Sarah. We worked together at the same ad agency and she had the idea for DiaperKind and Mm. kicked it off. And I joined her as a partner when my daughter was four weeks old. I was on my maternity leave.
0: Wow. Okay. So what drew you to that business model and that, that, um, that industry? You know when i was pregnant with
1: zoe before even starting to discuss the idea of diaper kind with sarah i was um uncomfortable with the amount of waste that disposable diapers create and i was looking for a solution for myself um mm. and kind of had made that decision to cloth diaper so when sarah approached me about the business model and her idea i was like immediately drawn to it you know having having a baby really for me sort of I was looking for more out of my career. I loved my job in advertising. I had a whole lot of fun. Um, But I was Mm -hmm. looking for something that gave me more sense of purpose. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm born and raised in New York City. And when Sarah um, you know, pitched the idea to me, sort of the idea of getting to combine my passion for environmentalism with the love for my community and my city. Mm-hmm. Um, and really getting to work with new parents um, in my hometown was, was kind of too good to pass up.
0: I could, I could imagine. And so diaper kind, can you explain a little bit what the business is like and, and who it serves? Yeah, DiaperKind is is really based
1: on an old-fashioned diaper service business model that was extremely popular, mm. um, you know, through the mid-century. Uh, we provide families with all the diapers they need from birth through potty training, and we have a small crew of drivers that goes out uh, weekly and does pick up and drop off of clean diapers, and we have a laundry staff that washes everything
0: and gets it ready to go back out to the families. Wow, that sounds so convenient. <laughs>
1: It is. It's, it's a great business model in New York City because there's so many people who are eco-minded. But in New York, it's it's more common to not have your own washer and dryer than it is to have your own washer and dryer. Right. So for a city like this, um, it made perfect sense. There's all these people, all these people that were interested in cloth diapering but just didn't have the ability to do it. So diaper kind um, filled that gap.
0: Okay. That sounds amazing. I wish I would have had some kind of service like that in my area when I was in the diapering phase. I have a three-year-old right now, so he is potty trained. But I just remember when I was pregnant, starting to think about the choices. You know, Do I want to go the disposable route? Do I want to do cloth diapers? And I looked into both. I'm curious if you have any tips for people who are just starting out um, maybe they're pregnant or they have a newborn or maybe even they have a child and they're considering switching. What are some of the tips to keep in mind to help easily adopt a, a more, what's the word, like a cloth diaper friendly life? Yeah. So that was, you know,
1: after running diaper kind for a decade, we, we had so many families that were leaving New York, you know, it's such a transient place. And they were picking up cloth diapering on their own for the first time wherever they were moving to. And so mm. we started to do a lot of home laundering consulting. And what we realized very quickly, and it's you know sort of similar to the experience that pregnant and new parents have across the board, is the internet is chock full of so much information that it's almost impossible at this point to cut through and find what's legit. Yes and what's just clutter. And it's, every, you know, anything you Google when you're pregnant or when you're taking care of a newborn, it's like you're reading everyone's personal opinions stated as fact. There's so much contradictory mm-hmm. misinformation that it's almost like a full-time job just to figure it out. So that really was what inspired us to launch assembly. It's like here at Diaperkind, we're doing everything for the family. So there's very little guesswork. But once we started working with them, you know, for prepping them for home laundering we realized that we have a lot of these tools that don't exist out there and we could share this information with families to make the journey to cloth diapering, you know, easy and even fun. Yeah. You know, we wash 18 to 20,000 diapers a week at Diaper Kited. and and our joke is like if this was hard, we'd be long out of business. <laughs> so, it's not hard when you have the right tools and the right instruction. So, I think my advice for new families um, that are exploring that option um it would be to a check out assemblybaby.com definitely um but also just with anything re- you know relating to parenthood um find your trusted resource find the places that you know you're getting expert guidance that it's based in you know tested and proven fact and not just you know an on the whim opinion um and and that's you know Find your trusted midwife or OB, your trusted pediatrician or parenting outlet. Like, it's just, it's nice to have a couple of places to go that are your source.
0: I completely agree. And you're right. You know, we're living in this golden age of information, as they say. And we just have so many resources at our fingertips that it's hard to kind of make that judgment call as to which one you want to follow. So I think, you know, getting quiet and, and finding your trusted sources of advice someone who you know is gonna tell it like it is yes um and, and gonna leave out all of the you know the contradictions and things like that so that you can <laughs> you can make your informed decision that's going to be best for you and your family and I yes. think that's so important
1: totally and what we try and explain to people um, with cloth diapering is There is a science behind it. Mm. Like there is a science to the laundry. You're washing something that is soiled in a way that's different than any other garment that you would wash. And you know, through diaperkind, we have a biochemical engineer that we work with regularly to formulate the detergent, to structure the wash cycle, to do testing. And you know, so there is a science behind it. It's not just like, oh, what works for him will work for me. Like it's there is a legit method to doing it. And so that's what we hope that you know, through assembly, we really spent a lot of time building our site to be a um, easy to navigate resource for people. So it's simple to follow step-by-step instructions. We formulated a washing powder specifically for cleaning diapers that a family can use. So so we really hope to just sort of make it more of an instruction manual to follow as opposed to, you know, just willy-nilly, whatever seems to be working.
0: Yeah, okay. so let's dive a little bit deeper into assembly. So it's come up a couple times already in conversation. DiaperKind is more for people who are local to New York City, and Assembly is yep. based on a national level, or are you guys international as well? Assembly is, yeah, Assembly is global.
1: Like I said, we were, we were inspired to start it because we realized that DiaperKind was doing such a killer job at solving you know, the disposable diaper problem in New York City, but we felt like we had these tools where we could help solve that problem on a broader level. And so by creating a product line, you know, a full system, everything a parent could need from birth through potty training to diaper sustainably, from skincare to laundry to storage to the diapers themselves. Mm. And we developed and formulated all of it so that we can really just like sort of serve up the experience in a box. Like our joke is that um, we're like the Blue Apron or the (laughs) HelloFresh, like here's everything that you need, including the instruction card, the recipe card. (laughs) Um, And anybody could do it. Even the most sleep deprived, exhausted new parent Mm. can follow these four simple steps to washing. Um, So that's, that's really, that was our inspiration for launching Assembly was to make it easy for anyone, anywhere to do it.
0: Incredible. I mean, I came across you guys on Instagram and I, even though my son is not in diapers, I immediately recognized what an invaluable service you guys are aiming to provide. And the diapers are like gender neutral and very, pleasing aesthetically you know and to have and that's that's important to me i looked at that's a lot that's our design background <laughs> there i love that i looked at a lot of cloth diapers when i was considering going that route and i don't know not everything really met my aesthetic so i really liked the colors that you guys chose for the brand and like you said i could tell that it was very systematized which i think is extremely important just because not everybody is as familiar with cloth diapering and the steps that need to be taken. And also because your target audience are new parents who, like you mentioned, may be sleep deprived and might not, you know, have (laughs) the, the wherewithal to go through this really long drawn out process. So well done. Thanks. Okay. So you've mentioned a couple times too, that sustainability is really important to you and has really been, you know, a key element of both diaper kind and assembly. So I'm curious, what does sustainability mean to you and how are you weaving that through both of your businesses? That's a great question.
1: I mean, it's inherently woven through both businesses just in, by nature of the product that we're providing. But I guess to me, sustainability is it's it's the protection of our natural environment and the overall health of the humans, the animals, and the plants that inhabit it. Mm. And I think, you know, I've thought about this a lot lately because we've been doing some writing on environmentalism and stuff. And it's, I think there are three key areas to sustainability and the latter of the, the, the latter two that I'm going to talk about are often overlooked. Mm. The most obvious one is environmental sustainability. It's, you know, it's environmental sustainability is necessary in order to have healthy communities. We obviously need clean air, clean water, clean food, Mm -hmm. and, you know, non-toxic land and waterways that aren't literally filled with trash. Right. But the other two, economic sustainability and human sustainability or societal sustainability, I think those tie in as well. So economic sustainability, you know, one of our pillars at assembly is, um, the only true way to reduce your impact is to reduce your consumption. Mm. And we think about that a lot. And that's, that's built into our product designs and our messaging. And, you know, by reducing consumption, you're spending less money, thereby making the cycle itself more sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with human sustainability, it's all about preserving and improving the quality of life for those who inhabit the planet especially marginalized communities, which are always the most affected by things like climate change and environmental irresponsibility.
0: Hmm. Thank you for walking us through, us being me and the listeners, through um, those three kind of pillars of sustainability. I think you raise a really good point in saying that often the last two are overlooked. And to um, yeah. to really create and also maintain a sustainable company, all three of them need to be considered in equal measure. So that's, that's really important. And I know a lot of the listeners of this podcast are seeking out brands that are keeping all of those things in mind. Yep. So have you seen, you know, in starting this company that there's more of a trend for people to be looking for sustainable options like yours or, you know and if so why do you think that has become more and more talked about and more and more popular
1: yeah you know when we first started um getting ready to launch assembly in in the years you know it took us quite a while to launch it we have 14 products across multiple categories it was a it was a multiple year journey to get to launch but mm-hmm. as we were studying you know the the changing shift in consumer habits of young parents you know obviously parents are getting younger like yeah <laughs> and um you know the millennial generation of parents we were seeing their attraction to the product that we were offering in ways that we had not seen even four to five years earlier you know i teach a a monthly 101 class cloth diapering 101 and for the first 5 years that i taught it I would get, you know, approximately 30 expecting parents in a room together. This is back when we can do things in person. And, uh, and uh, you know, I would spend the first half hour of the class just talking about why. Like, why would anyone do this? Yeah. What are the environmental benefits? What are the economic benefits? What are the benefits to parents and baby? And as the, you know, sort of shift in who are the parents started to happen, I would say in the past three years everyone that walks into that room is already sold. They're like, you don't need to tell me about why it's better for the environment. I get it. I'm already there. Mm. Just tell me how to do it. And so that was a big shift that we were seeing is there was less convincing. Everybody was already understanding of the fact that, you know, 32 billion disposable diapers are thrown away in the U S alone every year. And that's not sustainable. And so We were seeing that. And then an interesting thing happened. We soft launched assembly late last fall. And our hard launch was scheduled for mid February of this year. Hard launch being when we really started to bring the company public, put some money behind our media. And um, of course, that's right when, you know, shelter in and, and the pandemic hit. So we were launching a brand, you know, in the shadow of the coronavirus Wow! and really had no idea what to expect. You know, DiaperKind was at that time um, considered an essential business and still is considered an essential business in New York. So DiaperKind was still fully operational and sort of dealing with its own challenges of running an essential business through, you know, the virus, you know, and being cautious of the virus. And then um, we were launching assembly. And, and we really just did not know what that was going to look like. Mm-hmm. And to our shock, it caught on immediately. Like sales exceeded our expectation in March and April by a lot. And, and what we were not prepared for was that the pandemic was going to bring on a disruption in the supply chain of disposable diapers. And right. parents were suddenly Looking for Anything. you know a solution to this new problem that they they also didn't anticipate. So we had a lot of families jump on board and and reach out to us. Can you ship out right away? Can I do expedited shipping? I can't get my baby's size and diapers from Target or from Amazon or whatnot. And so we had a lot of new customers that came on quickly, and we've been regularly circling back with them and communicating with them. And the best you know, sort of feedback we've been getting is like, I had no intention to do this, Mm. but now that I'm doing it, I'm so happy and can't imagine doing it any other way. Like now it seems crazy to be buying two packs of disposables a week and throwing them away. So it's been really nice. We had sort of these unexpected customers that have now become like true loyalists.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And I know that, you know, the pandemic hasn't treated all businesses equally. and so. To hear such a success story from assembly is really heartening. Um, And I'm curious too, that made me think about the business model and how, as a business owner yourself, how you see this. So with cloth diapering, you're not having to buy as many as you would if you were using disposables. How does that Mm -hmm. keep your business going? Because people are not buying from you as often. Um, and or like, how often are people buying, and and how do you keep that going so that you're you're having customers continuously coming back to you?
1: Right. So so the lifetime value of our customer is they make two they make two sort of like bigger purchases of their diapers. Our diapers are a two size system. Size one lasts approximately the first year of the baby's time in diapers, and size two takes them from you know age one all the way through potty training. And um, so they're making two purchases of diapers, but then, you know, our system is complete. We have an everyday balm. We have a rash relief cream. We have wipe up wash, you know, for wetting your cloth wipes. We have detergent that is on, you know, available on subscription. We have a pale deodorizer. um, So lots of replenishables Mm -hmm. that we call them that keeps the customer engaged with the brand and, and keeps them coming back. But Really, the economics of it, you know, this makes me sound like a horrible business person, but it is, diapering with assembly is going to save a family about $2,000 over the cost of diapering with disposable diapers and wipes. Mm. It's a substantial savings, but there's also, you know, sort of a hiccup there in that it's a great savings alternative for people over time, but it isn't, it requires an initial investment. And that was where we struggled as a brand, like with how to make... For the families that need that cost savings the most, how do we lessen the burden of entry for them? Mm -hmm. And so that was a real challenge to launching the company. And and we we were committed to it. And ultimately, what we ended up doing was building out our own financing plan, which enables families for zero interest to break out their cost of purchase over four to five months which makes their monthly payment less than what they would be spending on disposables otherwise. Wow! So it's, there's yeah. And, and we, we approach different financial institutions and different payment plan, you know, existing payment plan options. And they all came with crazy high interest rates because they are anticipating dealing with people with less than ideal credit. Mm -hmm. And so we just kind of bypassed it and created our own. And so it's, our zero interest payment plan. And so that's how we feel like we can reach families that will benefit from, you know, the cost savings the most.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm so impressed and also just so encouraged by this company and, and all the work that you're doing to level the playing field, because we talked about, you know, the three pillars of sustainability and just having this economic sustainability and the fact that you guys are keeping in mind, like those who might not necessarily under normal circumstances be able to afford a major investment up front. But, you know, at the same time, it's like if they could be, if they could buy into cloth diapering, they would save so much more money over time, which would help those families out even more. Like it's it's really a conundrum. And I've thought about that a lot. So I'm just so excited to hear that you guys are offering a zero percent interest rate like financing plan for these families to be able to to enjoy the benefits of sustainability and also cloth diapering.
1: Yeah, we're su- we're super excited about it. We launched it um, right in early March, and um, it, it's been a big hit. I feel like we're we're definitely able to reach families that who would otherwise be like, nope, that's too expensive. I don't have a couple hundred dollars to get started. Yeah, you know, sorry.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm also curious too about how you guys created the diapers. So. Were you guys testing out these diaper styles on your own kids, or how did you come up with oh, something yeah. <laughs> that you thought would be most ideal?
1: Yeah, the joke is, is that my son was was born because we needed a tester. Oh my gosh, <laughs> um, yeah. so it's totally totally not true, but he did come at a perfect time for testing. Um, yeah, we so we were fortunate enough to have my son Clyde, but also. We service about 450 families at DiaperKind. So we had a built-in test group, uh, you know, focus group. So everything that we designed when it was in early prototype stage, I would show to our class of expecting parents. We would send out samples to our DiaperKind families and be like, test this out. Let us know what you think. So all of our products from the skincare to the diapers to even the detergent were tested so extensively by so many babies before we even launched the assembly brand Mm -hmm. that we were just, we felt so fortunate because we were launching with such confidence in a way that, you know, that's not, that's not possible for most brands that get out there with product. They really are relying on those first early customers. To be their test market. And for us, we were able, we did several years of testing as we were continuing to develop and tweak formulations. So the diapers themselves were um, really fun to design because, you know, we have our kind diapers mm-hmm. that families have been using. And then we are, DiaperKind has a small retail shop. So we were also buyers of all different brands of diapers and many different brands over the years. And, um, you know, me having diapered two kids, my partner, Sarah has twins, she diapered two kids. It's like we knew what features we liked best about different styles that were out there. Mm-hmm. And we were able to take those features that we liked best as users, but then also, you know, sort of compound that with our knowledge of laundering and washability right. and say like, okay, we might like these features, but that makes the diaper less washable, or we might like this material, mm-hmm. but this material washes better. So we were sort of able to combine like the art and the science of a diaper and put it together into something that is highly functional, leak and blowout proof, fits nice and trim, which were qualities that we all want as the diaper, but then also add in features that make the diaper highly washable and really easy to clean.
0: Incredible. That's, it's amazing. And it sounds like Diaper Kind was such a great like launching pad for assembly. Like oh my gosh. that business really fed yes. into the success of the second one. So that's that's really cool. Totally. It was the best foundation that we could have
1: ever, you know, when we were building that business, we never built it thinking that it was going to be the foundation for another company, but it really couldn't have been more of an ideal situation.
0: Right. Okay. I have a question that I have always wondered because I actually ended up not cloth diapering, but I know a lot of people have this question when it comes to the subject. How do you actually wash the diaper so that the poop does not get on your clothes? Oh, yeah. So we get that question all the time.
1: And I have a, an answer that I, I'm always afraid is going to sound condescending. But it's like it, it just forces people to like think about it another way. So the concern is that if you're taking something that's so dirty, like a diaper, mm-hmm. and you're putting it in your washing machine, that at the end, how are you going to use that same washing machine to wash like your bedding and your regular clothes? Right. Because it would be funky. And it's like the answer is, is if you think about it, if at the end of that wash cycle for your diapers, if the washing machine barrel is still dirty, then what does it say about the diapers that were in there? Like then they couldn't possibly be clean either. Interesting. So when you're following the right wash instruction and you're using the right detergent at the end of that last rinse, your machine and your diapers should both be pristine. It should look like nothing funky ever went in there. <laughs> uh, and our diaper kind washers, we, we, they get run for about 12 hours a day, five days a week. They wash thousands and thousands of diapers. In between cycles, you can go and stick your head in there. And that stainless steel barrel of the washing machine looks brand new. So that is the goal. At the end of that cycle, everything should be perfectly clean. The diapers, your wipes, your bags, and your washing machine. Good to know. Done. Yeah, the way it's done, I can give you a super quick overview. Yeah. Um, when you're washing, you, you run two wash cycles and one dry cycle. Hmm. So the two wash cycle, first cycle that you run, you just dump all of your dirty diapers, your covers, your bag, your wipes, any overnight boosters. Throw it all in the machine along with the bag. You know, we call it a pail pouch Mm -hmm. along with the bag that collects all the dirties you wash twice a week. So twice a week, gather everything up, dump it in, throw the bag right in there with it. Put one scoop of our assembly washing powder, set your water temperature to warm and you run the shortest cycle your machine will allow. So some machines have a pre-wash or a quick wash or... Some for some machines, delicates is the shortest cycle. Mm. So the purpose of this cycle is just to fill up with water, swish around, and it it flushes away all of the visible soil, the poop that's on the surface of the fabric. Yeah. Um, And then when that cycle is done, you leave everything in there, sprinkle two more scoops of washing powder right on top of the wet laundry, change the water temperature to hot, and now you're going to run the heaviest duty setting your machine will allow. So Mm. this is where you want lots of mechanical action, lots of time, lots of hot water. And that's the cycle that's really power cleaning the diapers deep down to the thick core of cotton. Once that cycle's done, you move everything to the dryer and you're done.
0: Yeah, that sounds really easy. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard it explained (laughs) to me in that way. So I just, it was hard to wrap my mind around how it was actually going to be done. But thank you so much for walking me and the listeners through that process. No problem. And then when it comes to cloth diapering on the go, what tips do you have there? So the biggest difference between cloth diapering and disposable diapers when you're out of the house
1: is that with a disposable, you take it off the baby and you pitch it in the nearest trash can. Right. With cloth, you have to bring it home with you. So we designed um, a super cute day bag and it, it, is, um, it has two waterproof compartments and the First compartment, you just store a spare diaper or two, maybe an extra cover, change clothes for the baby, some wipes, a little changing pad, and then the, you leave the other compartment empty. When you're out and you do a change and you take off the dirty diaper, you just slip it right into that other waterproof, odor-proof compartment, zip it up. It's a cute bag. No one's going to know that you're walking around carrying dirty diapers. <laughs> and then when you get home, just unzip it, dump the dirty stuff out into your pail pouch so it can get laundered with everything else. Um, and then once a week, flip the bag, the day bag inside out and give it a wash with the rest of your diapers. Wow. So it's really the only difference between it is just that you have to bring those dirties home with you.
0: Yeah. You guys thought of everything. (laughs) I'm so impressed. (laughs) So I'm curious to like taking it more towards the entrepreneurial side and the motherhood side. How have you been able to tend to both of those realms in your life? Oh gosh, that
1: is the biggest challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really hard because they both, you know, with both kids and, and the businesses, especially the businesses in the early days, they demand so much attention and you want to give them so much attention. Like launching a business is really exciting. You have all these middle of the night thoughts and ideas, or you're in the shower and you come up with, you know, this great thing that you want to start working on. So you're, it's, it's hard to say, like, you can just do it in a nine to five, like it's, it's kind of a never-ending thought process and the, and the same with having a baby and having young kids it's their needs don't fit into an hourly time frame they're constant um so yeah I, I don't really have an answer to that i have an amazingly supportive family um i have two great business partners um and i think every day every day it's just a new <laughs> a new way to try and figure it out and you know now for the past 3 months we've been sheltering in yeah And, uh, my kids are home and no school, no camp, no, you know, no childcare. So it's been, it's been really amped up. Um, I don't sleep very much. (laughs) I tend to the kids a lot during the day. My husband is also working from home. And, uh, so there's a lot of shuffling back and forth and then we get them to bed at night. And both of us usually spend a few hours catching back up on whatever we missed during the day. So it's, it's not ideal. But it's, you know, both of them are labors of passion and and love.
0: That's a good way to put it. I like that. <laughs> are your kids involved in your businesses at all? Do they help out or are they, you know, are they aware of what you're doing? Totally. My daughter um, and my partner, Sarah's kids who are even older
1: than her, um, have all, especially with DiaperKind in those early days, were all really helpful. Um my son I would uh, to be totally honest I think aside from his job as the tester he was always more of a destructor when I brought him to the office than he was a helper. Yeah. <laughs> um taking apart retail shelves and having our staff look at him like oh my gosh I'm going to have to clean that up. But um he uh yeah the kids are definitely really supportive of what we do and you know it it's it's true to how we live our life at home like we're very conscious of what we consume of what we throw away of what can be reused.
0: Hmm. What sparked that interest in you? Do you remember? It's actually
1: quite morbid, but uh, I was very, very close with my grandfather and he passed away when I was 11. Hmm. And I, I guess I just didn't really know how to channel sort of my sadness over his loss. And it turned into anxiety over um, cemeteries. Mm -hmm. And I was really stressed as a tween about cemeteries sort of taking over the planet because we were gonna people just kept dying and we were gonna run out of space mm-hmm. and I think as I became older and sort of understood you know the ideas behind death and burial I, I that sort of transformed into my fear over where are we going to put all this garbage that we're constantly accruing
0: mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's, it started at 10 or eleven years old Wow have you found that your family's always been on board with that, or have you had to have more, you know, honest conversations about bringing people on board to your ideas? I'm, I'm curious about that. My husband and kids are
1: definitely 100% on board. We've kind of always done things as a unit, and I don't feel like there's ever really been a time where we've butted heads on that. Um, my parents were different. You know, my parents definitely were not interested in this. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling my mom when I was pregnant with my daughter, that I was planning to breastfeed and cloth diaper, and she sort of looked at me like with a half eye roll and was like, "Well, good luck mm-hmm. and I think from as you know her being my mom, she wasn 't being mean. I think she was kind of being like, "Why are you making things harder on yourself? Right. Just make it easier having a baby is hard and then when she saw me doing it, you know she kept saying like, "Wow, this is really not so bad <laughs> like this doesn't look hard at all and then my brother um, had a baby 2 years ago and I gifted him like a full assembly setup and he was kind of really not interested in the <laughs> environmental aspect at all. He was definitely more into the economic benefit okay. and um he is like you know talks to everyone about how amazing it is and how easy it was and how much money they're saving and how great he feels about that choice. So so yeah, my my family, you know, not in my household, but my parents and siblings uh it was an interesting transformation for them.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like just being open to talk about it and and to have real honest conversations about the benefits of cloth diapering or the benefits of living a more sustainable yep. lifestyle, that really helps to open people's eyes in general as to how accessible it can be, how easy it can be. I think we often have a a tendency to think that any alternative way of living or doing things is just automatically going to be harder and more stressful. Yes. So, a hundred percent. Yeah, and that can be a huge barrier for people to even entertain the idea of switching things up. So, I love that you're yes. you're encouraging people to have these conversations with themselves and their families.
1: And that's yeah, and that's something that I talk with other brands that are you know getting ready to launch or or develop products in the sustainability spaces. Whenever I'm asked like, "What's your advice?" It, it's design a product. That is good for the environment, but that product design also has to be. It has to function as good as, if not better than, the disposable or the less environmentally friendly counterpart. Like we, we're not going to convert our society to being more environmentally conscious if the products we're telling them to use don't work as well, as well. Right. So so as as environmental designers, we have to be so on top of it to make sure that these products that we're, you know, encouraging people to use are great.
0: Definitely. And I I also can just sense in talking to you and then looking through your website and your Instagram, you're not coming from a condescending place, which really helps <laughs> people who are right. considering making a lifestyle change you know, it's going to be a very momentous historic event in their lives. And, you know, usually a lot of research is done and there are a lot of emotions tied into that. And the last thing people need in that really vulnerable stage is someone telling them, oh, well you did this wrong or, and yep. so I just can't believe you would do it that way. You know, that whole kind of rhetoric just, absolutely you know, it, it tends to turn people away. Yes. There's just, there's no room for judgment
1: in any i mean really in any anywhere in society, but especially in parenting mm-hmm. it is it's so hard to be a parent and um no one no one needs any judgment, especially from a brand <laughs> <laughs> it's, we are just we are just there to give the right tools, the right you know inspiration and the confidence
0: I love that so what is your vision then for the next couple of years with diaper kind with assembly, where do you see those two businesses going?
1: Cyberkind's, you know, sort of on its own path. It continues to grow and thrive as like a really wonderful community-based business. And we really don't have any plans to change that. Okay. We have an amazing staff that's that's running it. Um, and so that, that business, I just, I hope it goes on forever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As far as assembly, we have so many big plans. I mean, we're starting to do limited edition print collections with different artists Ooh. and, and um, designers and We are actually working right now. Hopefully it can all come together and launch this fall, but we're going to do plastic-free refillable packaging for our skincare and laundry line. Excellent. So that, um, yeah, so that people won't be discarding containers as they finish out products. Um, And then, yeah, just new product design. Just really, we're just in such an exciting place right now. I feel like we we went out there to the public. We were well-received. People seem really supportive of what we're doing. And that gives us you know, more motivation to just just keep pushing harder.
0: Yeah, and that actually reminds me when you mentioned the refillables, you also offer um, like the opportunity for clients to resell and recycle their diaper kits. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so that was
1: another thing is we wanted to come out with a true landfill free diaper, mm. and the only way that we could really guarantee that is by making sure that no one ever throws these diapers away. So when a family is done with the diapers, you know, we we encourage them to pass them on to a friend or a family member or someone else who might have a baby or be having a baby. Mm-hmm. But if they just have nowhere to send them and the diapers are still in good condition, we'll buy them back from them. And um, we're figuring out, we haven't really had, since assembly is so new, we haven't had a large amount of buybacks yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we do, we'll figure out what we're going to do. Are we going to have a secondhand shop? Are we going to donate them? Um, and then if a family has a set of diapers that's just beyond use anymore, we definitely don't want those to be thrown away. So we'll take those back and um, and recycle them for the family. So we'll see if we can salvage them and fix them and then send them off for donation. If not, if they're just beyond repair, then we have a um, textile recycler that we work with wow. um, who will turn them into, you know, essentially like cotton mulch.
0: <laughs> wow. That's so cool. I'm just, This whole conversation has been so inspiring and just to hear how intentionally you and your business partner have been at every step of the way in creating this line of cloth diapers is so just, I'm just blown away. I mean, I don't even think I have words to describe just how encouraged I am to, to hear this all. Thank you so much. Yeah, we've been we've
1: been living and breathing this space for 11 years. <laughs> so you know it
0: well. Yes. <laughs> okay, so as we come full circle, where can people stay in touch with you and the work that you're doing?
1: Yeah, so our Instagram, we're very active on our Instagram, um, and then assemblybaby.com, constantly posting new things. We have an events page on our website, so if anyone's interested in signing up for a virtual Cloth 101 class, we do those every four to six weeks. Um, yeah, I think Instagram and the website are the two, the two best places to reach us.
0: Awesome. And can you talk a little bit about the way assembly is spelled and why you guys chose to spell it that way? Yeah. So it's E S E M B L Y. And, um, it was sort of a
1: combination of assembly, ensemble and assemble. Like oh, it's, wow. we just, we took these words of like groups of people gathering together for a common cause. But then it's also an ensemble. It's a number of different pieces that work together to create one unified thing. Um, and then it is to assemble it means you're actually putting it together. It's a two part diaper.
0: Wow. Again, I'm just <laughs> the thoughtfulness that went behind everything you guys have done is just that so one was fun. <laughs> naming naming the company took longer
1: than naming both kids, and it was lot, there was a lot, lot of effort, lots of ideas in that one
0: I can imagine. Well, thank you so much, Liz, for sharing all that you have. And I'm excited for the listeners to get to learn more about assembly and diaper kind if they happen to live in New York City and just to stay in touch with all of the wonderful work that you're doing. Great. Thank you so much for having me, yay and. For anyone interested in shopping Assembly's sustainable diapering system, you can save 5% off at checkout with the code YOUNGHONESTMOTHER5. Or you can just shop the link in my show notes for the discount to automatically be applied. Enjoy. And that's it for this episode of Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Which means it's time for you to join the conversation. Share your thoughts on social media and tag me at YoungHonestMother and then pass this episode along to friends and family who need to know that they're not alone on this journey either. Until next time, I'm your host, Maris Young.